What's up, guys? Welcome to the Luke Rutherford Podcast, Episode 3. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Pleased to introduce Lizzie Borchers. What's going on? Yeah, nice to be here. Yeah, nice to have you on. I um. So to be honest, Matt was like, you need to have someone on who is not your buddy, <laughs> not your workout pal that you don't know much about. That's maybe a girl. And I was like... My mom was kind of saying that Lizzie would be a good person to have on. So I was like, you know what, mom, send me Lizzie's number. So I'll give you a call. And I'm like, all right, let's, uh, let's do a little bit talking. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, this new for me, never done a podcast, but, um, well, yeah, yeah. new for me as well. Three. I'm only, I'm, this is number three. So we're, uh, we're still learning here. You're a pro. I'm a pro now. Yeah. I'm keeping track of time in my head. Um, yeah, Lizzie. So. Tell us a little bit about where you're from, where, well, yeah, yeah, the whole process. Sure. So um, I've lived here in Asheville for five years, but I still think of myself as a Texan. Mm. Um, I went to Texas A&M, studied floral design, really got into that based off the inspiration of a, a high school boss who just really encouraged me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but way back then when I was in school, you know, I think it's really rare for folks to go to college and actually know what they want to do the rest of their lives, right. have a plan and actually then end up doing it. So right. I feel like I'm one of the lucky ones that that actually panned out for because right from day one at Texas A&M, I knew I'm going to do flowers. I'm going nice. to study flowers. What would I want to do with this? Well, my dream would be to do flowers at Biltmore. Right. So in my little dorm room. Freshman year, <laughs> I emailed Biltmore. I was like, oh, I'm yeah. a freshman at Texas A&M, and I want to work there one day. So nice. Um, that's my, I guess, the early stages of my story. Yeah. That you know have actually has led me to be here in Nashville and working at Biltmore. And, nice. Um, so, so how long have you been at Biltmore? I've been there five years, as of like next week, I think actually. Oh. Um, came initially to manage the uh, lodging and events floral department but then as of two years ago that kind of has widened and broadened to really encompass um, two floral teams that really do two totally different jobs on the estate the team that takes care of all the house right um, makes all of candlelight christmas at biltmore happen yeah um as well as that lodging and event side which really more following trends and um, taking care of lodging guests and all things pretty yeah that sounds super fun i I was telling you uh earlier that whenever it was christmas at biltmore and my mom said all right we're going to uh, the biltmore estate and going to um uh they had the tree there and i don't know how it worked the little every little kid got a gift and um i'm not sure if they still do that um, they absolutely do, oh, for really? sure. Yeah, that's just kind of part of a tradition that goes back to George Vanderbilt. That oh, nice. Um, they would host a Christmas party for all their employees, and Edith Vanderbilt herself would purchase, personally purchase Christmas gifts for the kids of all the employees. And so, just to carry that on, it's still done today. And yeah, you were a recipient. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I remember like getting a uh, what was it? I got a like a little tent with like a little like an actual bed. 
that was inside of the little tent and I would just be camping out in my room or in the living room with it all the time before Christmas, obviously, because I think we we can go before Christmas, obviously, and yeah, yeah. and do the whole shebang. That's really awesome. They do good gifts. They They're, do. It's not just like... I know, know, it's crazy. Here's an, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Here's a blanket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. That Socks. was like... Yeah, right. No, this was like legit gifts. And that's... For some reason, that gift stuck, stuck, sticks out in my head. But um, yeah, so... I uh I have a little bit of experience at the Biltmore State too. I used to valet. I used to valet at the inn. I did that for a couple of years when I was younger. And um, but the inn and the house are on opposite sides of the estate, which not many people realize that. Yeah, a lot of people stay at the inn and think, oh, I'm just gonna walk to the house and don't realize. Oh yeah. Oh, it's oh yeah. A track. That's true. Yeah, I used to answer a lot of questions. They're like, how do we uh, walk to the house from here? <laughs> I would be like, well, if you got a couple hours on your hands. You'll be good. You can do it. I've done it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's a bit of a trek. It is a little bit of a trek. Yep. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, I think Biltmore is so, such a, you know, I don't know, cornerstone of Asheville for sure. And there's yeah. a lot of people who have that as part of their story that at some point through the years, yeah, they've spent time working at Biltmore. And yeah, absolutely. I think it's the second biggest employer in yeah. Asheville after Mission Hospital. Yep. That's what I heard. Yeah, I was doing a little uh, just uh, studying and just a little research on Biltmore, and I didn't realize 175,000 acres was once uh, all of Biltmore, all of what uh, Vanderbilt owned. And that, I can't even imagine that much land in my head. That's how much land that is. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then it's such a fraction of that now. Right. But if you really think about what all of Pisgah National Forest. That's exactly what it was. was George's land. Yeah. That is just like... How do you even manage that much land? So I feel like super difficult to do, especially yeah. back then. But, but yeah, we um, didn't need it all. So. <laughs> yeah, it got it got subdivided into other parts. Let so. the government take it. Make, yeah, let the government take care of it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, so you like uh, you like eating some weird food in Asheville? Yeah. Yeah, I did, <laughs> did share that. I am known for, you know, I love food. There's not much I don't like. Yeah. And I'm really willing to try just about anything. There's yeah. there's things I don't like, but it's a short list. Yeah. Um, do you do you eat Thai food? I do. I love Thai food. And uh, I was telling uh, my girlfriend uh, that we should go to, um, it used to be called Thai to Go or Pad Thai. It's off of uh, Sardis, I think. It's I think I've been there. It's right before, yeah, it's on Sardis Road, right at the end of Sardis Road, at the intersection of the Asheville outlets. So good. People don't think Thai food would be, if you, if you don't, if you've never had it and you hear Thai food, you're a little bit standoffish from it, I guess. But it's delicious. It is delicious. Or Thai tea. I love the Thai iced tea. I never got into Thai tea. Try it. It's really good. It's super sweet, it, though. So, oh, okay. I think I did try it, though. I don't, I didn't think I liked it. There's a gas station on Sweeten Creek that's got like the best tie. <laughs> I swear the best food comes from gas stations. That's something I miss about Texas is gas station tacos. Really? You can go to any gas station in Texas yeah. and they're delicious. It's amazing. To be honest, I'm not sure if I would eat tacos from gas stations. Maybe not here, but in Texas. Absolutely. Wow, that's true though. Texas. Yeah. And that's maybe, that's one of the, cow tongue is, I love cow tongue. Mm. Somewhat, re I cow have cow tongue. Yes, it's <laughs> try it. It's delicious. Okay. Um, but there's if you see lingua tacos, that's cow tongue tacos. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> there's a there is a little trailer that has them down in gotcha. towards Fletcher. Delicious. Yeah. I did once at a work potluck bring some cow tongue sliders and not tell anybody what it was. No. You did that to people? Can and you afterwards, t- after everyone ate it, was like, these are delicious. I was like, yep, that's cow tongue. No, you can't tell it's t- cow tongue by just looking at it? Or can you kind of? I mean, if you looked, if you like, you know, pulled the bun back, <laughs> see the little taste buds. Yeah. You know, yeah. You just thought, oh, pork, <laughs> pork slider. Yeah. No. <laughs> Dang. What is it? Is it what, like chicken or nothing like it? It's really soft meat. I don't uh, know what I would compare it to. It does taste like beef. Hmm. Tastes like yeah. beef. Interesting. So. Can have a, I need to know its macronutrients too. Because if it has like really good macronutrients, I'd be like, okay, bet. Let's let's give this a try. But if it's like not that good for you, I'd probably be like, eh, I'm all right. I mean, it's the tongue. It's got to have all of it. <laughs> That's it true. Tastes, you would think so. It's the food that tastes you back. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's funny. So you roller skate? Yes. Where I at? Where do you roller skate at? I love it. Kind of tried a few different places. Um, my favorite place is to go to Fletcher Park. It's the smoothest, flattest. Mm. I really didn't. Again, coming from Texas, where it's very flat, didn't really think about hills. The first time I went out roller skating here, ended up on a serious downhill, going so <laughs> fast that I had to intentionally crash land. Really? But um, you were okay oh. though. You're good. Well, yeah. <laughs> a few scratches and bruises. A few scratches. <laughs> um. But it's great exercise. Then also the over by Amboy Road at Cary Park, the yeah. velodrome yeah. is a good place to go. I think there's like other skaters that will meet up and skate there. Nice. Um, also just on my church parking lot or on the estate. Nice. But it's great. It's great exercise. It's better on your knees than jogging. You mm. lose more calories roller skating than jogging. Hmm. Um, really? I didn't know that. I'm gonna have to go get me a pair of rollerbladers. Do it! I'm Do trying you. to make it a thing. Like, bring it back. People used it to was, skate all the time. It was a thing back yeah. in the day. When when was it really most popular? I don't know. When I was a kid, probably. Uh, like, I gotcha. Are um are you an inline girl? Or are you a quad? Quad. Oh, um, yes. quad squad. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Squad. You could just call squad. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Yeah. What brand? Oh, I should know this. The I, the ones I have are really good. There's one that begins with an R, Ride Rydell oh. is really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. They make different types of sports equipment too. I said I say Riddle. Riddle. But it's, it's probably Rydell right. could be it as well though. I don't know. Um Yeah, that sounds pretty fun though. I would be down. I feel like I'm more of an in inline guy. Yeah. More of an inline guy. I know you're into the fitness, so Mm. Try the try the roller skating. <laughs> yeah, right. It really is full body because you have to balance. So you're working your core out, and when I skate, like my arms really swing. Yeah. So you got to get yourself some momentum to actually get going and to stay going. Yeah. <laughs> got to use all your all your force, like a pendulum with your arms or something. Yeah, you really get your speed up. I feel like I will do like three minute miles on skates, which oh really? You know, you're on wheels. It's not like comparing to speed jogging, but yeah. yeah. How do you break if you're going too fast down a hill? You can't. You just hold on for dear life and pray that you you hit flat ground at some point. Kind of do a, a spin stop. Oh. Or just yell at people to walk out. Watch out. I did. <laughs> the two times I've crashed was one, going down a hill really fast, and two, avoiding hitting some small children. So. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> well, 
hitting small children probably is not a good thing. No. <laughs> but I didn't. I yeah. just hurt myself. <laughs> That's a good. Not good. Um, okay, so you're f- you're from Charleston, or that's where I was born. Yes. Okay. So I love I, Charleston. I love it too. I could see myself going back there, but um, yeah, my dad was in the Navy, so we moved a lot around a lot from there. I think we went to Virginia Beach and Maine oh, yeah. and Rhode Island. Nice. Back to Virginia. Really, my cousin so. lives in Vir- in Virginia Beach. He loves it. Yeah. Just rides jet skis yeah, all the time and chills. Yeah. I think that's the nice thing about the Navy. Like, you're always on a coast, so. That's true. I remember being a kid and my cousins coming to visit and they'd never seen the ocean. And I thought that was so strange. Was that like, is crazy. Doesn't everybody live by a beach? Yeah, that is crazy. But. I love the beach. Yeah. Downtown Charleston is such a cool place. Yeah. It is it's such a cool place. Very historic. That's. It is. That's. Maybe another reason why I like drawn to Biltmore, like because I've always like living there, surrounded by so much history. Yeah, Virginia, Rhode Island are all just very lots of. So, so you got out of school, and you knew what you wanted to do, and where you wanted to do it. Yes, well, you know, I'd always kind of had Biltmore on my radar I actually had this little Biltmore necklace I wore all through college it was like okay this, this is what I want to do this is where I want to go that's really cool but when I graduated I ended up in Dallas I love Dallas Dallas Cowboy fan oh, um so yes. that's um that's go Cowboys I'd, yeah that's right I'd like to live in Dallas for a little while you should it, I'm so thankful I just feel like I've been lucky to get to live where I've lived and spend time where I've spent time and um I always say like surprising where flowers can take you because just doing yeah. flowers in dallas lots of lots of cowboys like, <laughs> i don't know if i'm allowed to name names on here but yeah, <laughs> no, no, that's good. just like yeah you're fine you know there's there's a lot of yeah it's a big part of the so from dallas where were you going after that so i worked for a big company there called dr delphinium um really got some amazing experience i don't think i could have gotten my job here at biltmore without doing that job um Really got to do some amazing things. We actually filmed a little reality TV show. Ooh. Never got picked up, but... Ah, um, dang. Yeah, so... <laughs> That's cool, though. It, it was just an interesting world. I mean, it's... I've I've always said I want to write a book because you just never yeah. know what's going to happen yeah. in the world of events and right. flowers. It's just can get crazy. and You never know. Yeah, so... But it was very fast-paced and... Um, you know, sometimes I just, if I had a bad day, I'd be like, oh, I'm ready for something else. And I would get onto Biltmore's website and just see if they had anything posted. And, um, mm-hmm. when I, you know, applied and got this job, I was like, well, if they offer it to me, there's no way I'm not going. Yeah. And, you know, I feel so lucky to actually, to be able to look back to that, t- you know, time in my freshman dorm room to now and say, wow, like, mm-hmm how lucky to be able to actually be doing what yeah. I set out to do. You're, you're one you know? of the few, you know that Lizzie Yeah. that actually is in college and knows what they want to do. Yeah. And for everyone out there, you don't have to be like Lizzie because <laughs> not everybody knows well, that you're really fortunate. Exactly. Um, but it's cool though. You, I mean, I'm, I say you're fortunate, but you still made the right decisions and stayed the path to give yourself the opportunity to do what you wanted to do. You know, well, so I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. To like really just, it doesn't have to be anything massive. I mean, flowers, just flowers, but to just, you know, 
keep everything you do, if you're building on something you've done before that, then suddenly you can find yourself, blink your eyes, and you've built up all this experience. So, mm-hmm. What are you guys doing right now, day to day, at the Biltmore to set up for Christmas? Because I know I've hear, heard a lot about what kind of actual physical and mental work goes into the setup over there because it's a big deal yes it really is and um i do i love getting to talk about what we do Mm -hmm. i think it's a very misunderstood field i guess one of the things we hear all the time is oh my goodness how lucky you are you just play with flowers all day and (laughs) yeah (laughs) playing with flowers like yes we do love it and it's very fulfilling but there's so much more to that like you said it's very can be very physical um, especially this time of year with Christmas we're doing events and um, all that on top of getting ready for Christmas which obviously I know everyone knows like starts really early at Biltmore at this point we've put up close to 100 trees around 100 trees 100 trees so there's a reason we start as early as we do and it really just takes the team. I always like to to point that out because yeah, you know, no man can do anything alone, and yeah. it takes so many people and yeah. a lot of people even beyond our department. And just you know, I love any chance I can get to just give credit to all those folks that work so hard to make it happen. That's right. You can't do it without the team. That's for sure. That's right. Are you uh, doing any hands-on work with the big, big, big tree in the center? Of the um, house? Yeah, the banquet hall tree. That actually went up on November 1st, which was... Oh, really? Yes, it is up. Wow. Um, nice. Uh, one of my favorite days of the year, really, is tree raising day. Yeah. It just, like I said, it takes so many people, and there's a lot of moving parts right. to it. The tree arrives a couple days before tree, tree raising day. Um, we have to get our grounds crew to come with a front loader tractor, hoist it off the trailer, put it on our wagon. Yeah. And... Actually, this year, you know, there have been years it arrives covered in snow. This year it was pouring rain the day before tree raising day. Wow. I'm sure that was a mess. (laughs) I went out. I go out myself to actually, we decorate the wagon. We put some fresh garland and bows on the wagon. And it was pouring rain. Well, it started coming down while I was there. And I just kind of like belly crawled underneath the wagon and squatted there for a while, waited out the rain, stopped, (laughs) went back out, kept going. (laughs) Crawl back under the wagon. Could have just gotten wet. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm sure that was kind of a uh, um, just probably running around. How was it raining super hard? Um, it, it, was, it was the day of tree raising day itself yeah. was great. Yeah. It actually felt like Christmas. That was that first day oh, that yeah. it just got really, really cold. Yeah. Um, but so many people come out and yeah. have created their own family traditions around coming to tree raising day right. or just coming to Christmas at Biltmore. Right. So it kind of. I always have these moments where I have to pause and just really think about the weight of what it is that we do. Yes. You know, every day just feels like, okay, day to day, we got to get this done, got to get that done. Mm-hmm. When you think about the thousands and thousands of people who mm-hmm. yeah. are paying a lot of money, traveling, like right. making big plans around coming and spending time at Biltmore at Christmas, like when I really think about it, it just feels wow, this is a big responsibility that we yeah. have. Like we can't just brush it off and just, oh, let's just get it done. We want everything to be perfect because yeah. we realize that what we do mm-hmm. um, is going to be seen by so many. Yeah, that's uh, like I was telling you when I was a kid and I was going to Biltmore, it was like a dream come true. I was, I was so excited every single year. So I know those kids are just living it up 
yeah, yeah I'm sure they love it a lot. I wonder, um, like, I mean, you might not know the details of like where the tree comes from and how f- how long it takes to get to the house and stuff like that. Because I was wondering, they must take some extra special care of that tree too. To be honest, like the truck driver, I, I would I would not like to be the person who's like transporting it to the house. You know. Well, the the guys who do it um, uh, have been providing our trees for years and years. So okay. they're they're pros. They know what they're doing. Right. And that's right. one of the reasons why it comes a few days ahead of time because we schedule it to come the day of tree raising day and then something happens that day or there's a snowstorm or yeah something happens with them coming down the mountain um so there's just little things that we do to to make sure it goes smoothly but right uh it's a very old tree usually at that size they're about 30 years old um around 2,000 pounds so um yeah it's not like there's just tons of 30 year old trees just hanging out waiting to be no. in the banquet hall. So, <laughs> no. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, last year we actually had the last of kind of the old generation of trees from this farm and mm. we're kind of on to the new generation, oh. which there's still that scale, but um, yeah, I actually like this younger generation a little better. They kind of are yeah. fuller. They, they start declining kind of after that age. So, right. Um, nice. They're still looking, looking perfect at that, at that time. But yeah, are you yeah. planning on being in Asheville area for a lot longer, just living here? As of now, I have no plans to leave. So yeah. it's, yeah. you know, honestly, when I came here, coming from Dallas, I kind of hated it when I first got really? here. Really? I've heard that. I've heard that from a couple people who have moved from different cities to Asheville. They said they really, really didn't like it much when they got here. And once they finally started get acclimated to the environment and to the people and um, all of that, then they've started to kind of, you know, adapt and, and it's such a unique place. You kind of have to have that adapting period. That I first. Think. Yeah. That little period where you're like, what, where am I at? What am I doing? What am I doing? Yeah. Like, uh, what are these type of beers that people are feeding me? Like, <laughs> why can't I, uh, ask for a Bud Light without getting looked at weird here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. My girlfriend lived at uh, Myrtle beach for a long time and, um, she came back and we were at, um, I won't name the bar. We were sitting there <laughs> and she goes, do you guys have Corona? <laughs> the bartender looks at her and goes. Um, no. <laughs> and I was like, she hasn't lived here for a while. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool though. I mean, I like it. Uh, it's, it's a super, it's a, it's a unique place and yeah. it takes a, some getting used to if you've, yeah. if you I was born and raised here, so I've seen it evolve to what it is. So. Yeah. I feel like that's a different perspective than a lot different. You no, know, I was saying like having moved around my whole life, I almost like am envious of people who can just say like, this right. is my hometown. This is where I'm from. Like memories here at every age. And, right. um, so I think that's yeah, kind of nice. Yeah. What are you reading right now? I know you're a good, you're a big reader. Yes. Um, well I have, I've been reading a book on Enneagram. I don't know if you're familiar with it. No, Enneagram. you're going to have to explain a little further on that. do a podcast on that. Um, I don't know what it is, so I can't a, do a podcast on it. It's know like a personality <laughs> um, typing system. Um, I was introduced to it through Biltmore. Um, they use it a lot just because it's a good tool for understanding other people and under, kind of understanding where other people are coming from. Oh, um, okay. Um, and there's nine different types. Okay. Um, so s- sociology, maybe a little bit, no? Yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, like if you know Myers Briggs, not that you can say, oh, if you're this Myers Briggs type, you're mm. probably this Enneagram type because okay. you're kind of analyzing, I guess, different things more your yeah motivation and kind of what drives you. Right. Um, I'm a type four, which means I'm kind of a very creative type. It's kind of the individualist kind of. Okay. There's nobody else like me kind okay. of nice. um, ideology or approach okay. to to life. Kind of more on the emotional side and. Okay. But it's it's very interesting. So Sometimes I like to figure out what people are just like. Yeah. When I meet them or I'm talking to them or yeah. if I'm interviewing somebody for a job. Right. Hmm, you might be a one. Right. You might be a seven. Have you uh, ever heard of the um, um, communication strategy to, and I don't know what it's called specifically, but to match what the other person's doing? So if you're being more on the quiet side, I won't talk your ear off or I'll, you know, but I, so for instance, like you if. mimic the other yeah, person. Yeah, mimic, yeah, I don't know what that, mm-hmm. yeah, which is interesting, honestly. Because you know you're doing it. The person knows they're doing that. And uh, and I, I guess it makes the other person feel like it's easier to talk to them. Yeah, puts them you know? more at ease. Makes yeah. It, hey, I relate to this person. They're like me. Sure. It's okay, like a, I can see that. Like a, comfort th- like a comfort thing for them. Because mm-hmm. if, if I acted totally opposite of you, you might be like, me and this me and this person are on the same wavelength or we're not clicking like right. like like I thought we would. So it's interesting that you can the way you communicate can ultimately change people's perspectives of you. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of crazy. I can see that. Yeah. Which kind of honestly kind of contradicts what you hear about like opposites attract or like It does. I don't know what do you, what do you think do you think opposites know. attract? I think it's on case by case. It's case by case. Yeah. My parents are both very similar to each other. Yeah. I mean, they have their differences, I but think if I don't think yeah. you can say they're opposites, but they are great yeah. together. Okay. See, I've always kind of thought if you're so, if you're too much alike, it could be a bad thing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Because then the same things bother you. <laughs> yeah. And you're both doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Behaviors are the same. Yeah. All that. That's crazy. What, are the, what is one of the other seven of those? So type one, they're very kind of type A, very, you know, like things to be how they're supposed to be. Um, okay. Very kind of follow the rules. Right. Um, type twos are very giving people. They're all about others, um, almost to the neglect of themselves. Wow. They're just like always doing things for other people. I know a couple people like that. Yeah. Yeah. Type threes are very success and mm-hmm. driven, all about achieving and accomplishing. Mm-hmm. Can almost be workaholics. Elon Musk. That's who I automatically think yeah. of. Do you know who Elon Musk He's is? Probably a three. Yeah, absolutely. He says he can't turn his brain off, and that that's one of his only true meanings for himself, or like his only true fulfillment. It's like to be working towards something. He made a yeah. hundred million dollars off of PayPal, oh, and wow, okay. went around went. The next year, spent all of it on building more businesses. Wow. Of building SpaceX and Tesla. Spent all $100 million. Their latest car model, um, well, not the latest today, but one of their latest car models was a do or die for Tesla. 
Elon Musk is going to have to file bankruptcy if the model didn't work after having a hundred million in his bank account. So yeah, wow. Some it's weird you gotta how risk a lot to gain a lot. Yeah, but it's crazy. Like a lot of people with a hundred million dollars would have said, "I'm, I'm, that's it. I'm just going to move to Hawaii and live the rest of my life just chilling, mm-hmm. play it safe." But and- a Type Three person isn't doesn't find any fulfillment on just being stagnant. They are obsessed with growth and development. Do you think you're a three? No, because I feel like there's more important things in life than chasing something that's um, that's monetary or physical or even if it's spiritual. I think there's more important things like family, friends, relationships, um, giving. Well, I don't think that's necessary. I don't think a three, you know. Neglect to those things. Yeah. That's true. You can have other values while you're still that type of person. Yeah. I guess you're right, you know. Yeah. I was kind of thinking of more of a... Um. Yeah, I guess I was thinking of a type three person or any of those types as, as whatever they are. They're that to the fullest, but you can still have yeah, different. definitely. Yeah, within each type, there's a spectrum. Even like a healthy, unhealthy spectrum. Like, mm-hmm. sure. What does a really healthy, well balanced three look like versus one that's maybe, you know, yeah, kind of gotten it a little wonky. Yeah. All right, what's four? <laughs> I'm interested four, four in Four is me. Four is the creative. Oh, you, okay, you Individualist. Said that. Oh, you said that. Five is very kind of knowledge-driven. They really need to process things. They need to have all the information. They want to, you know, they want to gather all the information and kind of maybe step back and... Yeah. Oh, um, I know a guy like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a real close buddy of mine. I'm always trying to get him to take action and do something with me. He's like, he's like, uh... I really want to say his name, but I'm not going to. <laughs> He's like, let's just step back and evaluate what we're going to do before we do it, Luke. And I'm like, I don't, yeah. wor- I don't work like that. If I think too much about it, it will never happen. Yeah. Just like this podcast. If well, I were sometimes th- that's when it's good to know what your friends are, because then like they can help you, you with certain you things. You can balance. That's each true. Other. It's very true. We do balance our, each other out, except we do and tend to become in conflict with each other because I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's do it. And he's like, wait, one more thing. (laughs) But when you can understand, that's why Enneagram is so great. When you can understand, okay, well, he's like this. You can kind of, some of the conflict kind of goes away when you're like, okay, I know he's needing to kind of process. Let me give him his minute and then let's just go. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's crazy how people are structured different. Everyone is wired differently. Yeah. 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 Well, it's it's a really good system. Like it really kind of encompasses yeah. everyone. Kind of works off each other almost. Can land on your number, and that's your yeah. number. Like you doesn't change. It's right. Yeah. That is that is crazy. All right. So the next one. Six. Six. Um, sixes. They're very observant. They're very um. Um. I don't know. I guess I don't know the six as well as some of the others. Right. Seven is. They're very. Sevens are often very outgoing. Mm-hmm. They're idea people. They can kind mm-hmm. of bounce from one thing to the next yep. really easily. Right. They're usually really fun people. Right. Um, eights are eights are great leaders because they're very direct. Um, they can be very passionate, uh, but they're also very they care very deeply. But um, mm-hmm. they can come on kind of strong sometimes. Sure. Yeah um nines those people can be intimidating yeah they are intimidating yeah. but they're great like yeah they, they don't yeah they don't mean to necessarily come off as intimidating mm-hmm. you know that's just their natural display of affection or emotions or mm-hmm. you know, whatever they're feeling it's it's uh you, at first you're like whoa okay person dang 
yeah. but really they're just trying to care or look out for you the most or so, well, something along those lines. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is the nine, which nines, um, nines are kind of the peacekeepers. They like to oh, avoid conflict. So yeah. they kind of like just agree with you yeah. in order to avoid yeah. a disagreement. They keep the ball rolling. Um, they keep everybody's pieces, peace of mind. Yes, it's a group. They're like, all right, everybody guys. Happy. Yeah. Let's just keep on rolling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's keep on moving forward. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and, and everyone, it, it kind of, in our society needs that, that diversified group of people to help it actually, um, you know, be functional yeah. in, in how we, you know, go about our society. It's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, it does. It takes all types. I feel lucky because within my team, we have every single number represented. So yeah. we are well balanced. Yeah, um, that's what but you it's need. Very, I'm, no prof- I'm not an expert on it. There's a lot of people who are way more knowledgeable, but uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting. A team is one of the most important things that you can have around you, mm-hmm. a mastermind. Yeah, it's good to it's good to have people who know what they're doing and yes. and to play off people's strengths and have people play off your strengths as well. Mm-hmm. For sure. Cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Lizzie. It was uh, it was nice talking to you and uh, getting no- getting to know you better. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, I feel like we kind of yeah spanned the gamut of topics there. But well, we really weren't gonna, a lot of that stuff we weren't even going to talk about, and that's mm-hmm. why I like leaving it up to the u- the universe or for whatever uh, our topics to lead us to. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So. Um, going, yeah, we're going to go over and visit Biltmore and enjoy all the Christmas stuff. And yeah. isn't there a new, before we hop off, isn't there a new, um, what's it called? I, I, There's I, I a Downton Abbey, the exhibition Abbey. just yeah. started last Friday. Yeah. Um, which is really neat, especially if you watch the show and if you don't, you should watch it. It's great. Um, I haven't watched it. I'm oh, going to though. You should watch it. Yeah. Is it, how many seasons? Couple? Uh, there's a, maybe six. Six. Oh, see, if it's like three plus, I'm like, Ugh. it's a lot you know, of time. You know, I've actually not watched all the way through. I've watched the first four, maybe. Yeah. Um, which it's enough. It's, yeah. It's really good. It's, yeah. I I'll say this and don't let it turn you off, but it's kind of like a, a an, an English soap opera. There's uh, just a lot okay. of storylines going on. Well, Lizzie, you threw me off. You, you threw me off. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I might give it a chance, but that sounds like a really cool thing you guys are doing over there, and I look forward to seeing it and seeing uh, the trees and the, the lights, and uh, Antler Hill Village looks beautiful, of course. Okay. Yeah, I saw those lights over there, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a good time of year to come. There's so much going on, and yeah, Downton Abbey, I think people just can't yeah. watch that and not think of Biltmore or go through Biltmore and not think of Downton Abbey. It's true. So, yeah. um, and everything's so... Cool. lit up and sparkly right now so that's awesome like i said i appreciate you coming on lizzie and uh look forward to talking more in the future yeah thanks for having me thanks appreciate it good show i don't know if it was good but it was very that was good like we went all over the place that was good what you think matt that was good <laughs> yes see matt yeah. matt knows a lot of uh, a good amount about podcasting so i'm i'm always like hopping off i'm like matt give us give me a grade <laughs> give me a grade yep. Yep. yeah we just i mean that's that's why i really like we had a little bit of a structure but mm-hmm. we weren't putting too much pressure on ourselves mm-hmm. to get to those things yeah so we just talked about rollerblading and yeah. uh different personalities so yeah pretty laid back 
uh, you started pulling me in with the Enneagram because I, I know some about that. It's mm-hmm. so funny because sometimes I right lose my, my head and what's happening and I almost chime in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, that I almost said something. Bro, that honestly would have been kind of cool. I'm not, you know, yeah. if, if you would have said something, I would be like, oh, that's cool. Matt knows about it, you know. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would have been so funny. I'm just the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, for instance, anyone who didn't hear, Matt said this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's cool, dude. Do you yeah. know what your Enneagram is? Uh, I took it really fast, like a year ago, because I was with a group of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, they were all talking about it, and so I just like took it really fast, and I don't remember what it was. Yeah. I'm an ENFP on Myers Briggs, but um, see, and there's no translation between the two, it's, yeah. which is kind of interesting. But I don't know anything about what you guys are talking about. <laughs> yeah, I need to it take sounds it really again. interesting. Um, there's some good Instagram accounts, like if you follow oh. Enneagram and Coffee. Okay. They post a lot, and just reading through that, you can even kind of help. You really? can kind of figure out what you are. Oh, um, I might do that. You should. Um, yeah, there's tests out there, but even those, when we, Biltmore has a lady who's like a professional and she comes in and it's almost like a therapy session because mm-hmm. there's, there's no test. She just sits down with you and starts asking you questions. Like mm-hmm. when our team did it, like literally every single person on the team cried during their typing session because she's just like asking these probing personal really questions yeah. oh, like shoot. how do you feel in these kinds of right. environments Everybody and like needs a break after that session I yeah <laughs> that's crazy but, it's, it's really but then she and she'll then, know right away she's like you're this so then does she like kind of analyze that and help people work through those differences and stuff yeah she does she does a lot of different kinds of sessions so like with us she typed everyone individually and then we did like a great big group session and she'll do things like divide you up into groups there's different there's some of it there's head types and heart types so some of the types you kind of lead with your emotions Mm -hmm. some of the types you kind of lead with your head Mm -hmm. and so she'll like divide you up by head type heart type so you may be a four but you're with a seven Mm -hmm. and is that like kind of brought up and utilized later if there's some type of struggle like well you know per the analysis like you know you're you're this type so that means you need you need like this, like you, you work, you operate better when you're given this kind of mm-hmm. feedback or whatever, or, mm-hmm. or connection. Cause like what I've learned over the years is being coached on how to be like you, I coach you on how I work best or how you communicate to me. And then mm-hmm. you do the same, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, that's interesting. I've been married before and it's like in counseling, that's, that's yeah. been a, you know, yeah. thing like, yeah, mm-hmm. coach me on how to talk to mm-hmm. you and then I'll yeah. do the same. Yeah. yeah, and it's not it's not 50-50, it's 100-100. Yeah. Oh. That's what yeah. this lady will do. She does panels. So she'll get like four people who are all eights have come up to the front of the room and just like interview them like what's it like Matt, to be can an I eight? Plug this? Yeah, sorry. Like what's it, what's in your head? Like how do you like to be communicated with? How do you, you know, um, what does it feel like when you're in a room full of people, you know, and just Right. Let's them talk about what it's like to be that type yeah. to everyone else mm. so they can like better Learn. understand like, yeah. oh, like, and, and I think about that. That's such a great setting to have it done in that way as opposed to in the heat of the mm-hmm. moment of something mm-hmm. where people are just like, no me, no me. And it's all this pride right. thing and you're just doing this. Yeah. Where it's that kind of setting where you get an understanding and a base layer of that type without mm-hmm. any conflict. Is, yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Like I have a six on my team. And there was all this garland that she, like, 
she had spent a lot of time she picked it out she like put it in her plan okay here's my plan and sixes don't like to have like they don't handle change well and mm. have things shaken up and we'd ordered this garland and then I got word that it wasn't coming and we weren't going to have it and I knew okay Noreen's a six like before we can't just tell her your garland's not coming. Yeah, you're a Before I tell her that, yeah. I need to like go find new garland. Yeah. So before I sit down and say like, "Hey, your garland's not coming," and she would have a meltdown and panic uh, and like freak out, yeah. I could say your garland's not coming, but don't worry. Yeah. We're gonna get this. It's really similar. Yeah. It's not gonna change your plan. Yeah. And knowing that she's a six. It's a good made, boss. Made you're a good boss, Lizzie. <laughs> not many bosses would go to that length of knowing someone's like. Right. thing and like knowing how to respond to what scenario is happening that's insane yeah. props lizzie yep. <laughs> hey matt we take a behind the scenes picture yeah, yeah. of me and lizzie um wide angle i guess or multiple angles really we'll have to throw the headphones back on okay. just for purposes of pretend like we're talking pretend like we're talking i could honestly hit record again and, and do a whole nother podcast uh, this is just a picture right so it can't yeah, it's just a photo. yeah just a photo yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, do you want like lights and stuff in here? It's whatever you think looks best. Yeah. We can just act like we're talking. Yeah. Uh, where is your ring from? That is my Texas A&M Aggie ring. So uh, it's um. It's really cool. So interesting thing. The division of Balfour that makes these rings, yeah, they only make A and M rings, Super Bowl rings, Notre Dame rings. Oh wow, really? And West Point rings. Wow. And they're a big deal at A and M. Ring day is bigger than graduation. Yeah. And in Texas, like, this is how you get a job. Right. You can show oh, up okay. and have that ring on, and they'll be like, boom. You're, you're hired. You're like, hired. They just see that you're an Aggie. Aggie no Aggies way. hire other Aggies. And, That's crazy. Yeah. Cool stuff. So I never take it off. I ha- my professor actually his his fingers kind of grown around his ring, and he'll he says he'll just be buried with it on because at this point he couldn't get it off if he wanted to. Oh. I'm waiting for a, like so a sweet. smile moment. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate you. So uh, you need my hard drive to transfer um, something or no? Nah? So it's – I didn't even get your hard drive, so we definitely need to transfer. I recorded the my drive. Oh.